0: This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee on day 45 of the 60-day legislative session where the Senate has begun debate on the bill that cracks down on
1: protesters. I just want to do what I believe is necessary, and I wish I didn't believe this was necessary.
0: As the Senate debated the right to protest, the House was voting to ban transgender athletes from playing on the girls' team. Shame.
2: Shame on you for bringing this bill and for every person who is complicit in its passage.
0: The House also approved a bill to try to limit foreign influence at state colleges and universities.
3: Foreign adversaries have used our university systems, local governments, research institutions, and companies to intimidate, influence, and steal their way to a strategic advantage. Through this legislation, Florida is taking bold steps to protect our institutions from countries that would do us harm.
0: The head of the florida council of churches says the legislature is behaving in a most ungodly way this year
4: there is a particular evil running through the legislature this year that says we don't have to entertain the harm that our work will do to your community that is sin That
0: is evil at work. The Reverend Dr. Russell Meyer says the legislature's actions are all about white supremacy. He's our guest on today's Sunrise Soapbox. We'll also have your calendar of events and the story of a Florida woman who works as a judge, but apparently only when she feels like it. She could face sanctions after being accused of neglecting her full-time job. But first, a word from the sponsors. You're listening to the Sunrise Podcast from Florida Politics, and we are much obliged.
5: This public health crisis has shown our one-size-fits-all education system does not meet the needs of every child. Senate Bill 48 rethinks education and provides needed flexibility for students and families, giving students the tools and resources they need to unleash their potential. You can make a difference and improve our education system by visiting fledreform.com to tell your lawmaker to support SB 48. Paid for by Americans for Prosperity, Florida.
0: And now the top stories on Sunrise for Thursday, April 15th. Under normal circumstances, this would be tax day in America, but the IRS deadline has been extended until May 17th. This is National Laundry Day. It's also National High Five Day. On this date in 1910, William Taft became the first president to throw out the first ball at a baseball game. In 1945, the British Army liberated the Nazi concentration camp at Bergen-Belsen as U.S. troops occupied the concentration camp in Kolditz. In 1947, Jackie Robinson became the first African American to play in a Major League Baseball game. And on this date in 2019, Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris caught fire, toppling its spire and destroying the roof. <laughs> Florida's Department of Health reported 6,772 new cases of COVID Wednesday and 44 additional fatalities. Our death toll has reached 34,892. The total number of infections is almost 2,142,000. The Miami-Fort Lauderdale metropolitan area has the highest rate of new cases, followed by Orlando. But on the good side, more than 4,600,000 Floridians have now been vaccinated against the coronavirus. The Florida House of Representatives approves a bill to ban transgender athletes from playing on the girls team. It's part of a national campaign by conservative organizations, but the sponsor of House Bill 1475, Representative Kaylee Tuck of Lake Placid, claims that was never her intent.
3: This bill is strictly to preserve the safety, integrity, fairness, and competitiveness of women's sports so that women do not become sideline spectators of their own
0: sports. Tuck's bill is called the Fairness in Women's Sports Act, but Representative Andrew Lerner of Brandon says it targets a problem that doesn't exist in Florida.
2: This is a messaging bill, nothing more. A bill designed to divide us at a time when our politics is already divisive enough. There are no liberal elites pushing to change sports as we know it. By the sponsor's own testimony, there is no real problem that we're trying to solve here. This whole debate, is a giant waste of time, a giant distraction designed to win votes at the expense of innocent kids. This attempt to conjure up man-made tropes and worn-out stigmas does real harm to real kids who as a legislature, as adults, and as humans, we should be supporting, not demonizing. Let these kids play.
0: Representative Dana Tobolsky of Fort Pierce says this is not about politics. She says it's about biology.
5: All children matter, and all of God's children are perfect in every way, and we do need to support that. But this particular bill is not about exclusion, and it is not about discrimination. This bill is about a biological and scientific difference between men and women, transgender women, as it pertains to this bill, and the unfair advantage it brings to women's sports. To me, that is all this bill is about.
0: Representative Anna Escamani of Orlando says this bill has nothing to do with fairness. She says it's about driving another wedge into American society.
6: This bill in front of us today is one of the most intense political assaults on LGBTQ people in recent years. I don't care how many times you tell yourself this is about women's sports and not LGBTQ rights or discrimination because that is wrong. I also think it's bad policy for a dominant group of people, in this case cis people, to tell a group that's being marginalized that they're not being marginalized. Members, that is no different than white folks telling black folks that racism does not exist. Sports have become another avenue to attack the rights of trans people, and those efforts have caused incredible harm to trans youth who, like all kids, especially in a global pandemic, deserve compassion and support. As a woman, I, for one, will not be used as a political pawn for some sick political game that pits me against my sisters. And I humbly ask that all women in this chamber stand up and demand that exclusion not be done in our name.
0: For Representative Tracy Coster of Safety Harbor, this bill is personal. She voted for it because of her daughter.
5: Today, as my daughter Sadie embarks on her very first soccer practice, I cannot help but stand in support of this bill that will ensure her an equal playing field. There is an inherent, biological, undeniable difference between men and women, boys and girls. Simply put, we were designed differently. And while this bill would still allow my daughter to play her co-ed soccer league, it also provides a secure pathway for our daughters to achieve the athletic greatness that they were designed to achieve. Sports shape women's lives. And if the playing field isn't fair, we take a step back in how far we've come in our efforts to lift women up.
0: And Representative Omari Hardy of Palm Beach County says all the talk about protecting women is just a smokescreen for the culture wars. He believes anyone who voted for this bill should be ashamed.
2: This bill is supposed to protect the competitive environment for women's sports. But we have trans students who are competing for their humanity and for their dignity and for their recognition as members of society in equal standing. And it is supposedly for the preservation of the competitive environment in women's sports that we're going to sacrifice the dignity of children. That makes no sense. You are targeting the most vulnerable people in our society. And for what reason to fight the culture war in this sacred place to score political points at the expense of the dignity of vulnerable people. Shame. Shame on you for bringing this bill and for every person who is complicit in its passage.
0: The bill passed the House on a vote of 77 to 40. The Senate version of the transgender student ban is still in the Rules Committee, but it's only one vote away from the Senate floor. While the House is debating the transgender bill, the Senate was debating another hot-button issue. Supporters of House Bill 1 call it the anti-riot bill. Opponents call it the anti-protest bill. Senator Danny Burgess of Zephyr Hills is handling it in the upper chamber, and he says the bill has come a long way since it was first suggested by the governor back in September.
1: I filed this bill because I took an oath as a senator and as a soldier in the United States Army Reserve that I would protect our First Amendment rights. We are a nation of laws. And this bill provides the framework necessary to put Floridians and our law enforcement officers on notice as to what constitutes these offenses. And make no mistake, Senators, the right to express ourselves under the First Amendment is a right to everyone, whether we agree with the message or not. However, let me make myself clear, we cannot let peaceful protests and peaceful dialogue be overshadowed by violence. We cannot let constructive, peaceful dialogue be drowned out with violence. That is the clear, concise difference between a protest and a riot. I ask you all to look past the rhetoric and to read the progress of this bill from when it was first announced last year at a press conference in Polk County to where it is today and how far we've come from so much that we've heard and everyone that we've listened to. You all know me and you know my heart. And you also likely know that I'm a very conservative person who has very conservative principles. But I don't just throw red meat on the wall to see if it sticks. And my goal here is not at all to get on the news. I just want to do what I believe is necessary. And I wish I didn't believe this was necessary.
0: Democrats spent almost three hours questioning Burgess and trying to amend his bill, but they came away with nothing. It's ready for final passage in the Senate, and they're meeting late this afternoon. So opponents of the bill are calling on a higher power big business. Rachel Gilmer with the Dream Defender says they're asking major corporations who support the Black Lives Matter movement to take a stand against this bill.
7: We heard all of these corporations come out and say that they wanted to do more for Black people and and, and make a commitment to doing more for Black people. So today we are calling on these corporations, corporations like Coca-Cola, corporations like Burger King, Disney and Publix, people who said that they were standing with Black Lives last summer to come up and stand for our rights right now, which are under attack in the state of Florida our governor Ron DeSantis has introduced it's his top legislative priority dangerous legislation to um, rather than respond to the issue of police violence rather than respond to the fact that people all across Florida took took to the streets last summer he is actually trying to criminalize us with his top legislative priority HB1 um this is a dangerous bill which would make protesting a felony protesting is defined as more than 9 people blocking a road um that's a march that would make it a felony up to 2 years in prison he wants to make it punishable up to 15 years in prison for tearing down a Confederate flag. Um, he wants to make it, um, create all these protections for people who kill protesters. So our governor, again, rather than deal with the crises that our communities are facing right now, the fact that we are living in a pandemic, the fact that we have a broken unemployment system here in Florida, we have people who are being evicted, rather than address the issue of police violence, he wants to criminalize anybody who's dis- who disagrees with him. He wants to attack our first First amendment right and we need everybody to say that these are not our priorities that this is not our priority and to take a stand
0: former state representative sean shaw says the worst part about the protest bill is that it's happening during the trial of the cop who killed george floyd which is what inspired all the demonstrations last year and
8: when i was in the legislature you couldn't go a day without the constitution or the federalist papers or the bill of rights being mentioned well damn uh, I can't tell anymore because this, these bills are an affront to all of those documents, all that our country was founded on. And for all the lawyers that are apparently members of the House of Representatives and the Senate, apparently they didn't go to the first day of law school where they were taught about the freedom of press, the freedom of assembly, the freedom of speech, and all of those things, you learn that on your first day. And so it is, it's just terribly disappointing that we're here, not only passing unconstitutional bills, bad bills, oppressive bills, bills that uh, are reminiscent of Jim Crow, but we're doing it fast, uh, and we're doing it in the middle of trials about what these entire things were about. The trial is going on now. We're trying to get justice for George Floyd right now. And as this trial is going on, we can't even pay attention to that because here in Florida, We are trying to make it so that you can't protest about things that led to the death of George Floyd. You can't you can't do some of the things uh, that oppressed people do uh, when they've been oppressed for so
0: long. The protest bill and the transgender bill are part of the unofficial policy of GOP leaders this year to own the libs and it's working. The executive director of the Florida Council on Churches says the state legislature has a white supremacy problem. The Reverend Dr. Russell Meyer of Tampa says, the white men who control the entire process do not listen to people who are not part of their club. And they don't seem to give a damn about how the bills they're passing now will affect communities of color.
4: Seven out of 10 legislators are white males. And yet almost one out of two voters are are black, Hispanic, and uh, other people of color. What we see right now in the legislature, in committee after committee, in hearing after hearing, are um, black legislators, people of color uh, who are elected as legislators, allies speaking up and saying, Can we amend this bill? Can we make this bill more fair? Can we look at this bill as as, uh, to be more acceptable to a wider uh, range of people in the state of Florida? And over and over again, those appeals are snuffed out. There is a particular evil running through the legislature this year that says, we don't have to entertain the harm that our work will do to your community. That is unacceptable, that is sin, that is evil at work. What we have now in the state of Florida is a structural mechanism that um, if the heart isn't right, if the mind isn't in the right place, is a tool of dictatorships and we're calling upon the legislature to pull away from that uh, evil use of power and to serve all of the people of the state of Florida to work to reduce the racial disparity gaps across the state. There is a march of white supremacy in the state legislature this year. And we appeal to the conscience of those seven out of 10 legislators to repent of white supremacy and to to come back to a place of civic engagement, community dialogue, in which we seek to reduce harm, not increase it.
0: Reverend Meyer says the men who run the legislature do not understand a lot of this because they've never had to deal with the sort of issues that are commonplace in black and brown communities. But he says that is no excuse for what they've been doing during the session of 2021. The Florida House approves a bill to try to eliminate foreign influence in state agencies, especially colleges and universities. Representative Aaron Grawl of Vero Beach says her bill was inspired by revelations that the Chinese were secretly buying their way into academic research projects at major universities, stealing the results and sending it back to the Chinese government.
3: HB 7017 focuses on robust disclosure of all foreign gifts, grants and contracts by all public entities, and better scrutiny of applicants for research positions and foreign travel employees of major research institutions. By requiring state agencies and political subdivisions, including universities, colleges, direct support organizations, and other affiliates to disclose all foreign donations and grants of $50,000 or more, and by requiring outside entities wishing to work with this great state, or its political subdivisions to disclose all foreign financial connections with any of the seven countries of concern, we are meeting our duty to protect the taxpayer and safeguard where possible our colleges and universities, state agencies, institutions, and businesses. And we are ensuring that Florida will no longer be a place where foreign interests are able to hide payments through subsidiaries and front companies. The bill further prohibits agreements for or the acceptance of donations conditioned on a program to promote the language and culture of any seven countries of concern so that our state government and government entities are not used as a means to improperly influence domestic policy, advance hostile foreign interests, or limit academic freedom. And finally, through the screening of research applicants and foreign travel of employees, we will assist our academic institutions in preventing persons with something to hide from entering our research environment. Foreign adversaries have used our university systems, local governments, research institutions, and companies to intimidate, influence, and steal their way to a strategic advantage. Through this legislation, Florida is taking bold steps to protect our institutions from countries that would do us
0: harm. Graws bill passed the House unanimously. Now, the seven foreign countries of concern in her bill are the People's Republic of China, the Russian Federation, the Islamic Republic of Iran, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, the Republic of Cuba, the Venezuelan regime of Nicolas Maduro, and the Syrian Arab Republic. Backers of a bill to put new limits on social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter have a new poll that shows Floridians have serious concerns about the power of big tech. Nanette Shempf with the More Agency has the numbers.
5: statewide support the effort to limit the power and influence of Facebook, Twitter, Google, and Amazon. 72% of Florida voters believe these companies care more about their profits than they do about ensuring their customers are safe when using their services. 53% of Florida voters indicated they now have less freedom to speak their mind on the internet than they did five years ago. Additionally, 66% feel Facebook has too much power and influence in the marketplace, and 62% say the same regarding Twitter.
0: The survey was conducted by Mason Dixon Polling and Strategy of Jacksonville last week. 625 registered Florida voters were interviewed. The margin of error is plus or minus four percentage points. State Senator Ray Rodriguez of Lee County is using that poll to try to round up support for Senate Bill 7072, which would prohibit social media platforms from banning a candidate, no matter how much they lie or try to use that platform to mislead the public.
8: What we're looking to do with the bill is ensure that uh, the social media companies are being transparent, uh, laying out what their terms of service are, uh, ensuring that, that those terms of services, if they are updated, are updated on a reasonable schedule, which I think we have in the bill 30 days. What we want to get away from are people that are being deplatformed who have no idea why they've been deplatformed and have no idea what terms of service that's allegedly violated before they were deplatformed. We want to ensure that the consumers in Florida are protected, that we have a transparent process, that everyone knows the rules and has the opportunity to participate within those rules
0: and not have their voice be silenced. The bill passed its first committee by a single vote, but it has the support of the governor and legislative leaders, so it's a safe bet to pass before the end of the session. Your calendar of events and Florida Woman are next on the Sunrise Podcast. In Florida,
2: if you fall behind on court debt payments, the state takes away your driver's license. But if you can't drive, you can't work. So how can you make enough money to pay the debt? This policy makes no sense. Let's end debt-based license suspensions and help Florida get back to work.
0: Welcome back to your sunrise calendar. The Board of Pharmacy meets at 8. The Senate Appropriations Committee has a marathon meeting. It starts at 9, could last until 4.30. The House Judiciary Committee meets at 9. The House Education and Employment Committee meets at 9. The Florida Defense Support Task Force meets online at 10.30. The State Supreme Court releases opinions at 11. Trustees at the University of North Florida meet online at 11. The House of Representatives meets at 2. They're scheduled to take up dozens of bills during a floor session. And the Senate has a floor session scheduled from 5 until 6 this evening, where the anti-protest bill is available for final passage. Finally today, a Florida woman who serves as a Palm Beach County judge is accused of half-assing it at work for four years. An investigative panel with the Judicial Qualifications Commission has filed a notice of formal charges against Judge Marnie Bryson, alleging that she did not devote full-time attention to her job between 2016 and 2019 when she was, quote, absent from the courthouse and not otherwise working full-time on a recurring basis. Judge Bryson has 20 days to file a formal response, and then it's up to the state Supreme Court to decide if she'll face any discipline.